Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim, target, aim, enemies. For those who do not know, I'm currently covering a series entitled AIM and my aim for this series is to encourage listeners to continue aiming towards their God-honoring targets all while they gain an understanding on what is required and some of the things they might experience as they aim towards and complete their God-honoring targeted aims or goals. And if you have not already, feel free to listen to the previous episodes in this series. And for those who don't already know, the foundational scripture for this series is Isaiah, the 55th chapter and the 8th through the 9th verse. And this is what that scripture says. This is God speaking to us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As you aim towards your God-honoring targets, you might have a way that you think is the way, but God has his way that is above your way, my way, our way. Now, there are some things that might get in your way, though, some distractions, some reoccurring thoughts, some things that might seek to deviate you from your aims. And you have to have the discernment, and I have to have the discernment as well. We have to have the discernment to detect those distractions that are going on within us and around us. And whether you know it or not, There are some enemies trying to thwart your aims from coming into completion. And yeah, you know about some people being used as an enemy to try to stop God's plan for your life. And they could be trying to stop your God-honoring aims also. And these are the enemies I want to talk about within this episode. Aim enemies. The enemies trying to thwart, trying to stop trying to block the aims God put on the inside of you to complete for his will, for his purpose. And I'm going to go over a few, but you could probably target in on many more. And I know the Holy Spirit can let you know what is serving as an enemy in your life. Matter of fact, I think it's best to go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, reveal to me the aim enemies in my life. Holy Spirit, let me know and empower me, remind me who I am in Christ so that when the enemies come my way or the enemies present themselves to me, I know who I am and I say what God says about me and my God honoring aims and the enemy is defeated. There's nothing wrong with asking the Holy Spirit to quicken your understanding on what to do in every situation. Matter of fact, Father God, the individuals listening to this episode, I'm praying for them right now that you quicken their understanding, bind through the Holy Spirit, that it is revealed to them the enemies trying to hinder their God-honoring aims right now. And thank you, Father God, that they walk in victory and they do what you've commanded them to do according to your way, that is above their way, 
and your thought above their thought. Father God, I ask that you give each listener the discernment to see, the knowledge to understand, and the faith to trust you, and the wisdom to know what to do and to continue doing as it relates to what you called them to do and complete. In Jesus' name. Okay. Now, the prayer has been prayed. The wisdom, the revelation, the discernment is coming. It's already there. The Lord will let you know what you need to do, what you're supposed to do. If you yield to him and give him permission to tell you and show you what to do. Because sometimes an enemy could be a person rejecting what God is showing them because they're focused on their own way. That could be an enemy. And that wasn't even number one for me. That wasn't even number one. But an enemy could be somebody rejecting what God is showing them. And it doesn't look like what they thought. So, oh, that, that, that couldn't be it, you know. And that's a major problem. That's a major problem. So, yield to the Lord. Yield to Father God. Yield to Jesus. Yield to the Holy Spirit. When these enemies come up, you want to yield to what God is telling you and showing you. Because if you don't yield, now you, me, or anybody listening, or person, they could be their own enemy to their God-honoring aims. They're stopping themselves because the Lord showed them what to do, but they just rejected that because it didn't look like what they thought it should look like. It didn't come the way they thought it should come. It wasn't packaged the way they thought it would be packaged. All right, let me go ahead and share 10 enemies that could be trying to attach themselves to your God-honoring aims, okay? And here they are. This is number one. The first aim enemy is toxicity. What is toxicity? Toxicity can be defined as the quality of being toxic, poisonous, harmful, unpleasant, and dangerous. And you most likely know, just as well as I know, there are a lot of toxic things in this world. And as you're aiming towards your God-honoring targeted goals, not everyone is excited about what you're doing for God. Some of you all got that revelation when you surrendered your life to Christ and you invited Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior. When you did that, or you've probably already been saved, but you stopped doing some things because the Lord was leading you a different way and you knew, man, this is wrong. I'm not doing this anymore. The Lord's not pleased with this. I'm not pleased with it. I have no peace every time. I go around that every time I do that, every time I look at that, I'm stopping this. I'm done. My mind is renewed. No, I'm telling you, as you already know, when you do anything for God, not a lot of people are excited about what you're doing because it disrupts their norm. Instead of them going to just live their life their way, they want some company. And if you're aiming to achieve a God-honoring aim, that is going against what is normal or considered normal. 
And sometimes it's going against what is considered acceptable around you, depending on your environment. Sometimes a person could be living, dwelling in a toxic situation and they do not realize how toxic it is until they get out of it. Similar to if a person changes, let's say their eating habits and they were eating a lot of food that was not healthy. It was just straight foodstuffs. Nothing with nutritional value, just eating foodstuffs. Just little science projects. And they were eating that for a while, for years. And when they got away from the science projects, posing as food, and they started eating real food, when they went back to the food stuff, so the science projects, whatever it is, that has a stench that one didn't realize it had when they were exposed to something real, something nutritious, something beneficial to their overall health. But when they look at the food stuffs now, since they have a renewed mind, they're like, man, that, that stank. That smells horrible. Oh my gosh, it smells like some bleach. I was eating that. Oh my goodness. It says it right there on the package. What's in here? Science project materials. <laughs> I was eating this. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. See, they didn't realize until they got out of it and left it alone. So when they saw it, they realized, man, this was a toxic situation going on around me and on the inside of me. So that's just an example. But some people have stepped away and walked away and dismissed the toxic situations that are worse than that. And when they look back at that or they come across it again. Oh my goodness, what what was I doing? What did I see in that? Oh my gosh, this is bad. Oh my gosh, this is horrific. This is horrid. Now, the people who are in it, in the toxicity, no matter what it is as it relates to your life and what the Lord has delivered you from or what the Lord is telling you to get away from, the people who are in it who don't have the revelation, they don't see it as toxic, most of them. And if they do, in their mind, it's working for them. They get some type of benefit from it. And they don't want you to escape or get out of it because it serves as a reflection of what they are not doing. And although your aims are top-notch and they glorify God and you're telling people, hey, we got to get out of this, man. We got to stop doing this. This isn't right. We should do. We should go. As I said earlier, not a lot of people are going to be excited about what you are doing when God is getting the glory out of it. If their mind is not renewed and they are saturated in the talk 
toxicity. The toxicity could be the way they think about things, the way they process information. It could be a number of things. It could be a toxic pattern, a toxic trait they have. And as I mentioned earlier, some people, some of them don't even know how toxic it is. Because if you look back on your life, or a person could look back on their life, they could see, well, I didn't know how toxic it was until I got out of it. And those individuals could be going through the same thing. Some, not all, because some know it's toxic, but they benefit from it. But by you sharing with other individuals the, I guess, benefit or the drive you have in completing your God honoring aims, some people are not going to respond to that too well. They're just not. And it's nothing for you or it's nothing for a person to get upset about because it is expected. But allowing the toxicity to stop you from doing what God told you to do serves as an enemy. When you jump out of the toxicity pool, get away from it, it is going to create a disruption. It's going to create a disruption. I don't care if everybody in that toxicity pool community is treating you like dirt. And you're thinking, well, dang, let me go ahead and get up out of here because they already disrespecting me, so they shouldn't care. If I leave, then you find out when you get out of it, you are being attacked even more. Why? Because by you being there and by them talking about you, it served as some type of benefit over there. And then you really see how toxic it is that you left, even though they push you to leave, you actually do the best thing supposedly, quote-unquote, for them because they don't want you around. And then you find out all kinds of, you know, worms underneath the can. What was going on that you didn't see before as related to how they were using you to fund, fuel, finance their feudal agenda? It's sick. And that toxicity could be lying dormant. But once the light of God's word comes into your life, and then that light shines into that place, that situation, in your mind, that issue, and you become an ambassador for the kingdom of God, an ambassador of Christ, and you start carrying out God-honoring aims, Toxicity will show, matter of fact, it will rear its ugly head because that toxicity is being disturbed, cleaned out, dealt with, and addressed. I don't care if your God-honoring aim is to organize things in your home, in your home. And your God-honoring aim could be to throw some trash out, to give some stuff away, clear the clutter, take out the trash, 
depending on who you live with. If a person lives with someone, it could be an issue where someone says, hey, yeah, I want to organize things. Yeah, organization is key. Yeah, that, that's good because we've been living in this organization for just too long. It's too much clutter. It's too much trash. It's too much. It's too much. All right. You're like, you know what? You're right. Let's get this together. You could begin cleaning up the clutter, taking out the trash, and the very one who said, we need to clean up. We need to do that. They are the ones. They are the ones upset about you organizing the home. They begin fighting with you. They begin arguing with you. Other things come out just because you picked up a bag of trash and threw it away. People start cursing you out. All you did was organize a bookshelf and you're being attacked. All you did was give away your old clothes, your stuff. Yours, not theirs, yours. You're being attacked. All you did was put the Christmas ornaments in a new bag that you ordered so they could be stored safely and securely. And people are losing their mind. Then you realize, oh snap, this person is not who I thought they were. The conversations that they were having were not genuine. Then other things are exposed underneath that old can or that old rock in the dirt. And you see all kinds of, you know, bacteria, fungus, worms, all kinds of trash underneath the rock. All because you started cleaning up something. It's a toxic environment. It's trash going on. All because you renewed your mind and you took the step to complete the God-honoring aim to live a clean life <laughs> physically and then take care of what God blessed you with, showing him that, you, Lord, I thank you for what you blessed me with. I want to keep this clean. You get glory in my home. And somebody's losing their mind. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But somebody has a toxic attitude, a toxic trait, and a toxic mindset. Then they start talking about all this toxic stuff, throwing out these toxic attitudes and complaints. And then you see, oh, man, this situation has been an enemy towards my aim all this time. All this time. See, when God tells you to complete an aim and then you obey what God tells you to do, there is no thing that can stop, thwart, or hold back God's overall plan in your life relating to that aim he put on the inside of you to complete for his purpose. Proverbs, the 21st chapter and the 30th verse says, 
There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Your aim is to complete what God put on the inside of you to accomplish and do. And your aim should be to leave the toxic ways of others trying to stop you, hinder you, disrespect you. Leave all of that to God. Leave those consequences to God. God already knows what he commanded you to do. He knows what's going to happen. He knows who's going to try to stop you. He knows what you're going to go through. He knows all of that. And the blessing is, and the reassurance is, not only does he know what you're going to go through with people, he knows how you're going to come out when you obey him. That's why we should have the understanding and the revelation that although these enemies come our way, and these tricks come our way, and these ways come our way, nothing can stop Nothing can thwart, nothing can hinder the plans God has for you. Nothing. Now the enemy wants to thwart your God-honoring aims, but what did God say? He said, no thing can succeed against the Lord. If you are in Christ, Christ is in you You're doing what God told you to do. You are obeying God. No thing can succeed against the Lord. Because you are in Christ. It's important to believe what God said and keep aiming towards your God-honoring targets. In John 10.10, the first part, God tells us that the thief, the enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, wouldn't that include the thief coming to steal your confidence as it relates to you aiming towards your God-honoring goals? The thief coming to steal or coming to kill your God-honoring efforts with toxicity? The thief coming to destroy your God-honoring aims with toxicity? See, the enemy's goal is to steal and kill and destroy whatever he believes, the enemy believes, needs to be done to steal and kill and destroy you and anything you're doing for God. He's going to do anything he can do. Would it be to create confusion, create misunderstandings with you and your family members? create problems, try to distort angles that people see, slant people's mindset or thoughts about you, create all kinds of smear campaigns, lying on you, throwing failure in your face, throwing time in your face, Telling you, man, it's been a long time. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you should just give up. Look at so-and-so. They got it. You don't. You still believing for that? Why you believing for that? Boy, you, you a loser. Stop, 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 stop. All kinds of stuff. It's all in an effort to steal and kill and destroy you. 
and your God-honoring aims. But praise God. God promised that even when the enemy tries to steal and kill and destroy and to thwart and to hinder, he's not successful. He doesn't succeed when we stand firm and believe God. Even when it looks like, man, I'm losing. If you're doing what God told you to do, no matter who tries to come against you, the Lord already promised that you are more than a conqueror and all things are working together for your good, even though it doesn't look like it is. It is. And in due time, you will see, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. It is, it has, it always will work together for my good when I obey you and yield to you. The next aim enemy I want to address is pride. Number one was toxicity. Number two, pride. Pride is an aim enemy. Pride, P-R-I-D-E. Pride is an aim enemy. God honoring aim enemy. Pride is what got Lucifer, Satan, the accuser of the enemy, cast out of heaven. Pride is inordinate self-esteem, esteeming oneself above Father God, esteeming oneself above Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer. Pride is when a person is esteeming their self above the knowledge, revelation, insight, and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Pride is when a person puts who they are or who they think they are, what they think they can do, what they think they possess above God, and then they want praise and they want to be worshipped for it. When pride tries to attach itself to you and your God-honoring aims, you have to do, and I have to do, what is written in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter in the 5th verse. And that is to cast down imaginations, whatever we think we are apart from God, cast all of that down. Anything trying to set itself up for us to entertain ourselves with that we are better and we should get all of these accolades, all of that, we have to cast that down. When we think, oh, Jesus who? I did that. I don't need God. God who? Holy Spirit who? Father God who? See, when it gets to that point or even close to that point, it's time to cast down those imaginations because apparently we are unconscious or a person is unconscious and they are truly imagining things. They're delusional, straight delusional. When it gets to that point or even close to that point, we need to listen to wise counsel, repent, and heed to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Give God praise so we can get back into God-honoring alignment and order because 
the person is out of order when they are walking in pride. They're walking out of order. It's just that simple. It's not complicated at all. God said every high thing, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, whatever is going against God's nature, God's word, God's way, God's will, God's purpose, it's time to cast that down immediately. It shouldn't be a thought, well, should I cast it down? I mean, no. It's imperative. Cast it down. Because one has to bring those thoughts into captivity. That means they have to take that pride, take those imaginations, take everything trying to exalt itself above God, and they have to imprison it. They have to enslave it. They have to keep it somewhere where those thoughts, that pride, those imaginations, whatever that is, all of that cannot escape. It's not allowed to leave has to be put in a box, and then it needs to be presented to the Lord. Well, a person is, Lord, these are my imaginations right here. This is that pride I had right here, Lord. This is everything that I was allowing to try to influence me to exalt itself against you or above you. Matter of fact, some of this stuff I created. <laughs> I got the materials right here. But I want to put everything right here and present it to you. I'm telling you. When a person does that, they bring those imaginations, that pride, and they bring it into captivity. And they present it to God. They present it to Christ. Pride is gone. Pride has no power. It is weak. It's being weakened in those moments. Of one talking to God and telling God, Lord, look at this. <laughs> I want to show this to you because this is not of you and this is not what you put in me. So here it is and I want to bring it under your leadership. And I know you're going to cast it down, like straight up destroy it. But I just wanted to show you and I wanted pride to hear this. I wanted the enemy to hear this. I wanted my imagination to hear this. I wanted these materials to hear this. I wanted to let everything that I created with my hands that I was trying to build to exalt itself against you. I wanted all of that to hear that I was bringing it to you because I, I'm not fooling with that stuff ever again because you are God. You are supreme. You are sovereign. You are the Lord. I want to get under your obedience. I want to get under the obedience of Christ. That's what I want to do. I want to exalt your splendor, Father God. I want to exalt your grace. I want to exalt your mercy over my life. I want to exalt your goodness. I want to exalt your praise. That's what I want to do. See, pride will slow a person down. And pride is an aim enemy. Let me go ahead and read 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter in the 5th verse. It says, casting down imaginations, arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against 
the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Whenever you're pursuing your God-honoring aims, you will need to check the enemy of pride. Pride comes in one form, but it tries to disguise itself in many other forms. Some people identify pride as arrogance and disrespect and having this pompous disposition, person exalting themselves. But pride is also when a person doesn't walk in the truth of who God is and they don't walk in the truth of what God created them to be. Pride is a person walking around with their shoulders above their eyebrows, kicking rocks, feeling sorry for themselves, with tears coming down their eyes, wanting people to say, what's wrong? And then they say, I don't know. I just feel, I just don't know, I just, I, I, I. And all of that is just an invitation for someone to say, Oh, don't say that about yourself. You're this. You're not pitiful. No, you're dynamic. You're not weak. You're magnificent. You're brilliant. The person doing that is prideful. Because what they're doing is they're looking for people to exalt them. So instead of using the pompous, disrespectful disposition of arrogance and they walk around speaking highly of themselves, what they are and what they can do. And I have this and they're bragging about their efforts apart from God. The prideful person I'm describing is... The one doing the opposite. They want the praise. They want to be identified as what they've done apart from God. But they usher in these compliments and these praises by walking around looking pitiful. A lot of people do that. And then... (laughs) Just like the arrogant person who's boasting and walking around with this disrespectful disposition, wanting people to bow down to them, and they get mad when a person doesn't bow down. Y'all know the pitiful person, quote-unquote, prideful, pitiful person? They get mad when you don't give them those compliments either. They feel that, some people feel, In this state, they feel that, oh, well, I'm walking around pitiful. I want people to praise me. If you look at them and they say, man, I just feel so pitiful. And you say, yeah, you are. You show pitiful. They will hate you. (laughs) They'll hate you. They'll hate you because you didn't bow down to them. They were coming in a covert manner. While the other person was overt. And both of those serve as an enemy to a person's aims. 
pride. Don't forget that pride is an enemy to a person's God-honoring aim or aims. That's why 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 5th verse is so true. Whether somebody's trying to, what, pimp people for praise through their pitiful performance or they're trying to demand praise through their arrogant, overt request, it's still pride. And those imaginations must be cast down. Those arguments must be cast down. Every high thing needs to be cast down that exalts itself above God. Everything that raises or tries to raise itself to a higher rank or position above who God is, God's nature, God's word, every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of who God is, that's an enemy trying to attack your God-honoring aims. And you have to be able to detect that. Pride wants to attach itself to your aims to either get you to praise yourself or to constantly tell you who you are not when God clearly told you who you are. Okay? Number three, laziness. Laziness is another aim enemy. Laziness is when a person does not manage time properly. They choose to play around constantly and they know they have to get things done and complete them, but they rather just not do it. (laughs) Laziness can be defined as a person who is disinclined, they're reluctant to action or exertion, they're sloth, they're sluggards, and laziness is an enemy. Laziness is an enemy that needs to be checked because sometimes people don't have, well, some individuals, some don't have it in their mind that they're going to be lazy today. Some people aren't thinking that. They're not thinking, man, today I'm going to be lazy. No. But it could start off with a person just relaxing from a day's work, a week's work, a month's work. And they know they have a God-honoring aim to complete. And they say, man, I'm just going to chill today. I mean, I've been working on that aim for a minute. And I want to take a break. Let me just get some rest because the Lord did say we need to rest. So let me just chill. There's nothing wrong with rest. Now, that is so true. There is nothing wrong with rest. But even rest has a time and a place. And we are, yes, we are commanded to rest in several areas and aspects of our lives. Yes, God commanded that. Yes, God created our bodies, our minds, and our life. 
in our lives to adhere to his command of rest. But we are also commanded to do work. We are also commanded to complete tasks that God placed in our lives to complete. Laziness comes when people know they have things they're supposed to do and complete, but they are disinclined, they're reluctant to complete or pursue the action, so they just rather lay there. And it could just start off, as I mentioned earlier, it could start off with plausible, justifiable excuses. With, I'm chilling, I'm tired, I'll get to it. Oh, I had an event, I was tied up. Bam, 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 boom. Okay, but now it's after the event. Now it's after the chilling. Now it's after the adequate rest that one received. Now it's after having a clear and free schedule where all one has to do is complete the God-honoring aim. But instead of completing the God-honoring aim, they spend time on social media. Starts off in five minutes, turns to four hours. It turns from one mini-series to five completed miniseries it turns from one episode to 150 episodes watching all 10 seasons in a matter of three days three to five days with commercials and it's so bad where the person's mind is consumed with not only laziness and distractions, they can't even pray. They can't even pray. After they've spent all of their time doing things that have nothing to do with what God told them to do, when it's time to go to sleep and pray or time to spend time with God, they can't even get their thoughts together. They're going up to the Lord, Father God, I just want to come to you and I thank you for today. Before they finish that statement, they're thinking about the episodes they watched. They were playing the clips they watched on social media. So it goes from a prayer to you hear people cursing in your brain. You hear people cursing from an episode. and You're reenacting what you would do if that was you. And the Lord just sitting there saying, hey, hold up, I thought we was talking. Mind just all over the place because laziness served as an enemy and then distraction just came on through. Comes on through. See, when the enemy of laziness tries to attach itself to your aims, laziness brings other things along with it. And laziness wants you to cozy up with it along with the other things they bring. So you won't complete your God-honoring aims, okay? Looks like this is going to be an extensive motivational aim that I will need to continue later. So this serves as part one of aim enemies. The three aim enemies I went over include toxicity, pride, and laziness. 
And the scriptures I would like to leave you with to review and meditate on are as follows. Romans the 8th chapter and the 28th verse. Proverbs the 21st chapter and the 30th verse. And then 2 Corinthians the 10th chapter and the 5th verse. And I will share the remaining AIM enemies in the next episode, okay? Thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Remain encouraged. Peace and God bless.